Wow, we're like pumping these out. I feel like we're really on a roll. It's week after week. I just almost called you Remy. That's my dog's name. (laughs) I think I say her name too many times in a day. Um, but look at us Remy stop Remy get down Remy don't do that <laughs> and then all of the all of like the research and like YouTube videos I see about training your dog they they constantly say do not say your dog's name so much because eventually they'll just stop listening to you it's like when your kids go dad 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 right. eventually um what's up y'all I love it. I'm loving the energy. Well, welcome back to the Runners Club podcast. As you know, I am your co-host, Courtney Phillips. Mm, Ian Gonzalez in here, you feel me? And um, we actually have some guests today. Ian, you are back from your 50K, and we will get into that. I'm back. My leg's not. <laughs> My leg's still... In, on a trail in Bandera, Texas, somewhere on, on on a mountain, they like to call hills. <laughs> Dodging rocks, okay, up and down, all of these things. But again, I don't want to get into it yet because you have convinced Rosalie and Karen uh, to hop on. Right, it, it, it was a lot of hard work. You know what I'm saying I, I had to come to the to the table correct. You know, it was it was it was it was a lot. I had, I had to really really kind of like get in the minutia of the negotiations to bring this deal together to get these two these two strong female athletes on this podcast. Yeah, and for those, I guess we've I think we've mentioned this once or twice before, but both of these runners are seven on Sundays runners, and and they um, squad squad squad, <laughs> and they have refused to come on the podcast, even though we've asked very politely more than once. And by, by we, I mean Ian. Yes. <laughs> so um, Rosalie, before- not so much, but Karen was the hard no. Hard no. She was in the room. It was like, mm -mm, pass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But before we have them jump on. Yeah, before we do all of that, I want to spend some time with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I missed you. How are you? How are you feeling? You know, I missed you too. And this is why this works, you know, Ian. Because I don't think people understand like how much we love each other. And I think people don't believe us. You know, it is what it is. Either y'all here and y'all understand, or you here and you're trying to figure it out. But this is my person right here. (laughs) (laughs) We go way back, as in two years ago. (laughs) Straight up, but like, training for these races is like going to fucking war. (laughs) You get to know runners quickly. You go from like acquaintance to running buddy very fast, and that just escalates from there. Yeah, and, and me, me, me and Courtney, we we a lot of like it's it's unnecessary <laughs> and different in all the right ways yes, as well. This is true. This is true. Can you tell me about your week though? Besides My, your five fifty k, I mean everything leading up to it was pretty regular. Like I was in the store hanging out with August. You know what I'm saying? Who actually was actually really dope like because he don't eat like i don't know what's up with his diet like 
know, the doctors keep, you know, keep letting us know, like, nah, he not, he, everything, get all the levels are right, he growing, this, that, and the third, but like, he eat, he has five things that he eats mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And those five things swaps out, but it's never more than five things. And at any given moment, he could decide he only want two out of those five things for that period of time. With no so negotiation. A weird guy as far as food goes. Like, it's it's strange, right? But I guess he got hungry, like, the, the, because he went to back to his mom's house on Thursday. So I had him, um, so that Wednesday, I made him a quesadilla. You know what I'm saying? I, had, I gave him the chihuahua cheese, some uh, some uh, the the mission corn tortillas, you know. I didn't flip them over. I just did one tortilla on top of the other one. You wow. feel me? I passed it on to him. I cooked it up in some olive oil. Gave it to him. He was like, "Dada, this is good." And so that that was one damn. He was like, "Can I have another?" Like about thirty minutes later, like, "Can I have another case of deal?" I was like, "Yeah, boom." Wow. Five minutes later, "Can I have another case of deal?" Boom. Boy was up to like three, four quesadillas by the time we was done. And the third one, I kind of I kind of forgot that I was cooking. It kind of burnt one side of it a little bit. So I tried to play it off. I'm like, all right, it's a tortilla. You know, a little char on it don't really kill it, right? But August be inspecting his food before he eat it. Like, he smell it, he look at it, all that, right? Touch it. And so he look at it like, that. this one kind of burnt. And I was like, oh, yeah, you want me to just make Clock you another one? So he sit down, he look at it, he go, after this one. <laughs> he said, I'm still eating it. I'm wow. still eating yeah, this one. You, we, we cool, we cool, we cool. So wow. it, it, was, it, was, it was a good day. It was, and that was honestly the highlight of my week. It, it, it's like up there with the trail race. <laughs> I feel like everyone assumes that their child is not going to be a picky eater and then they have a child. I, and honestly, because it like, has nothing Julius to do not with their parent. Either. What? Julius was not a picky eater. Only thing Julius needed would it, was it to be in between two pieces of bread. <laughs> if you can make it into a sandwich, he would eat it. That was that was really it. And wow. stuff. And that was only a phase. August, he can go all day without eating. But he can have some grapes in the morning and be like, "If you're not gonna give me what I want, I don't need to eat today. Just give me some juice or some milk." He said, "I'm good." <laughs> Wow. That's a highlight. Shout out to August. Growing. We actually, we had, we had a spectrum. I'm sorry, I know there's a running back head, but now you got me started on my child. But there was a spectrum because that was how the week ended. Yeah. Monday, though? Monday night? We got into a whole physical altercation. We literally recorded, though. So was it after the recording? Yes. Wow. Yes, we got into a physical altercation. August was throwing hands. August was August was pissed. It might have might have been Tuesday. I don't know. It, he was. I mean, I saw him wild out like I've never seen him wild out before and stuff like that. So I, I had to boss up and just like go just just get really really rip put my foot down like really really proper on him and it was. It was it was wild. It was like I, I, he he figured it out. He figured it out because it was like a, at one point he had threw his milk down on the floor. So I came in the bedroom and I took the milk. I was like, "Oh, you gonna disrespect my cup like that?" <laughs> this is me and my and my four year old talking, right? Because I, I forget what happened, but he did something, and I was like, "Well, you can't sleep with your iPad." 
or something like that. Or it was just time for me to take his iPad back. So that's what he was mad about. So I was like, you gonna disrespect my cup like that? So I took the cup back. He was like, I, I want to watch something. I want to watch something. So I closed them. Like, you're not drinking no milk. None tonight, right? And so I'm going to close the door. No, okay. So I leave the door. I close the door and stuff like that. He Now he in there mad because now he thirsty. You know, now he wants some milk and stuff. So I come back in there like five minutes later. He's like, no, you went here hollering, screaming. You're not, you're not going to get nothing. I can't, I'm not giving you no milk. If you're going to throw it down on the floor, that's it. We going back and forth. So finally I said, you know what? I'm done talking to you. I'm leaving. So all of a sudden he goes, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. No, he did that, not. Now, mind you, this is a 40-minute battle. This is a 40 I had to cut some of this story out because on a podcast... I don't want people judging my parenting, but like, this is a 40 minute situation. Okay. And so this is the end of the 40 minutes when I'm like, I just sort of, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to keep having this conversation with you. I'm leaving the room. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. And so I said, what are you sorry about? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about yelling. I'm sorry about throwing the milk. Clear as day. No baby talk. I'm sorry about yelling. I'm sorry about throwing the milk on the floor. He's grown. I was like, Okay. If you're sorry and you're not going to do it again, I'll bring you your milk back. You're not getting an iPad and we're done with this for the rest of the night. He was like, I'm going to breathe. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to breathe. Wow. Okay. So I went, <laughs> I went and got his milk, brought her back in there, kissed him on his forehead. That little Negro went straight to sleep. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like that's something he learned from like watching cartoons. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to breathe. He it, it has to. He watched so much YouTube. I, I really don't know. I don't know if he got it from. Well, I don't know where he got it from. But he 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 sprung that on me like a few weeks ago when he saw me getting upset. And he was like, "Dada, dada, breathe." <laughs> That's like, okay, you're right because I'm getting frustrated here. He's like, "Dada, dada, breathe." Russell told me to breathe last week, and I said, "Do not tell me to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone." <laughs> But yeah, I had a, I had a week I had a week with my with my four year old with August man my four year old forty year old. Wow, wow! August August is like I don't know. We need to get him up on our social media or something because I know people want to know what August looked like. He's. I guess I can just check your Instagram. Yeah, he's there. I don't know that that kid is. That kid is a wild, wild kid, man. But I love him to death. So highly intelligent, highly beautiful. But he he showed his rare naked ass this week. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's the first time I've ever seen him act like that. Wow. He, I think he's just so accustomed to getting his way, though, that he was just like, he he just emotionally could not. Shut down. I'm going to need you to tell handle. Karen. I'm going to need you to tell Karen to wait five minutes because she just tried to hop on the Zoom. She's trying to be early. You know, you know she she punctual. I'm gonna need you to tell her just calm down, calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> Maybe like you know do some squats, but come back <laughs> in a second. Do what you need to do, sis. Get some water. Okay, I haven't even done what my. We talking about yet. man. She ready. I know she go, she mad ready. Shout She's a runner. You. I appreciate you for mm-hmm. being ready. Mm-hmm. You got five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? I was always. Uh, my week has been good. I, I mean, well, so technically last week, it was the first full week of the new year. And so I, um, I killed it. 
like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I like, I, you know, I came into the week with low standards cause I like to be patient with myself, allow myself to kind of be motivated as I am, but then also I know how to like kick it up, kick it into gear when I need to. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess my, like, I'm just on top of things. I'm getting a head start on my taxes. You know, I'm doing like the grown up stuff, you know, making sure Russell gets into physical therapy and like he's starting an acting class next month. So I'm trying to, you know, figure some things out with him. Yeah. He got accepted into an acting class. Okay. He worked really hard to get into it. So I'm really proud. Um, but you know, just trying to make sure he's good. I like, you know, I posted on TikTok today for the first time like officially I technically had a video but you, then I deleted it so this, is my, this is my first one I didn't do a dance no. what is that accent I did not do a dance <laughs> I've been watching too much Emily in Paris and I'm honestly embarrassed because why do I like that show so much I keep hearing about this show man <laughs> why do I, I look everybody had was hating on that show because they're like no and I want to see this white girl in Paris like you know but then I watched it having nothing else to watch it's good. Okay. Just finished uh, season two. Yeah. You know, I also with Matthew, you know, this past week has been a good week for TV shows. Like last night was a premiere of season two, uh, euphoria. Wow. Um, also last week I finished, um, welcome to earth hosted by Will Smith on, um, the national geographic channel that nigga is a whole explorer. Like, okay. I highly suggest that show. You know, low-key, it's goals. I would love to host, a like, a nature explorer show. I would love that, honestly. So, I can see that. Right? I can see it, too. I can see you in a rainforest, like, yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. So, seeing him do it, I'm like, yes. Mark like, Jacob Rain Boots. All, all everything, all the gear <laughs> and the most, no, where am I? Like, yeah, most beautiful. Yes. Strangest eating weird things, seeing amazing. Okay, yes. That's I, wild. I need to do, I need to do that. So, um, all the country, the safari, the jungle, <laughs> wherever you need me, I'll go. Oh, um, so that show. And then, um, I don't know why I keep going because I'm like, at this point, I don't know. But other than that, I've been good. I'm just trying to get work done. It's Monday again. Um, getting after the week as much as I can. I have to say that I am sad that I am not running. And I know this is a running podcast, but I don't have any running update other than I'm just building strength in my hip. Yeah, no, nah, we listen. <laughs> That's all, all I got. Those who follow, we see the gym mirror pics. We know that you are working, and as I have said, oodles of, of, of times, being in the gym, strength training, building your body up is part of the running journey. So, thanks, Ian. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think I'm deep down very sad about it. Weights. You want to see what the weights looking like. I don't even want to tell people any of my process anymore. I am officially underground. You will never see me ever again. What like that's how I feel. What you, what you got on the weights? <laughs> Look, I haven't even been on my weights recently. I literally have been on the, on the treadmill on a high incline, pushing yeah. that thing up to like 3.5 in speed. <laughs> You know, because I cannot run. So I'm trying to get as, like, as close to something that feels like running. 
That's interesting. Me and Karen got a lot to say about our knees. I bet. I bet. I bet. you. Yeah. Mm. Um, last thing I'll say is resistant bands, making a commitment to doing that daily. I'm trying to get in the gym at least three times during the work week, like you were talking yeah. about. And then maybe yeah. once on the weekend, I'm not trying to like overdo it. Cause a part of me almost felt like I needed to be in the gym every day. Oh, okay. And then yeah. I'm like, conversation no. over conversation. Yeah, like, oh, I'm not running, so I must need to be here every day. But realistically, that's not good either. So I'm also, I keep staring at that pool every time I check in at the gym because it's, because you know, you can see the pool through the glass at the checkout. And so I'm like, I should keep your cardio good. Look, I don't have braids right now. I have a head, like a swim cap. I have goggles. I have a, like, I have a proper Speedo. There's, I have no excuse. And I go early, so there's no one in the pool. So do it. Yeah. Hopefully, ne- my goal for myself is by next week, my, my next update will be about me swimming Love. at least once. Let's go. Cool. All right. So with that, let's take, let's take a quick break. And I'm going to bring on Karen and Rosalie and we'll get into the interview. Okay. Welcome back. Um, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, We're refreshed and we now have Karen and Rosalie on. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So just for our, our, our listeners, because again, everything is audio. Rosalie, can you just like say hi and give us like, Oh, <laughs> I was gonna be like, and then give us something, you know, tell us something about yourself. But it's ultimately, I think, yeah. Why don't you guys just do like quick little intros on yourself? Uh, nothing too long because we'll we'll get into the ultra. But um, just so we can hear your voice and the listeners can, because there's four of us, so we got to get sure. some um, definition. Uh, my name is Rosalie Shu. I am 28, almost 29. I've been in Chicago for five years and grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. And um, I have been through several core life crises. I think I'm currently coming out of my third one. (laughs) I also, another fun fact is I overshare, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear what you said. You said you came out of what? My third quarter life crisis. Am I coming out of my third quarter life crisis right now? It's related to the ultra running, as all ultra runners will tell you. <laughs> wow. Courtney, you look so concerned. Right no, nah, just because I like went through a whole thing, even just training for the ultras and then like not running. It was also a lesson. So it was just a lot of things that came to the service. <laughs> <for me>. <laughs> Very triggered. <laughs> Very. You went back to a dark place oh. right there. Right, Y'all could have seen our face. He just like. She just went somewhere. <laughs> Karen, keep your intro generic. <laughs> I will. Oh my god! I'm Karen Thomas. Since we said our age, I'm 35. <laughs> um, I am a mother. I'm an educator, and I like running. Is she fine to see you? Okay, so uh, yeah, that's that's Ian's boo. <laughs> They're each other's boo. <laughs> yes, also that. I know. I her. love it. I mean, we, we be around. You know what I'm saying? I've seen her in places. And yo, these are, this is the squad, first and foremost. Like, these are the seven on Sundays runners right here. These are some of the women runners. Yeah, these are some of the first women to run with seven on Sundays and stuff like that. I think, honestly, 
two out of the three biggest reasons why we have so many more runners because it's like they started running with us consistently. Them and I want to say uh, 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 Ramami Kiera came in and stuff and it's just like everybody's like, yeah, oh, me, this is yeah. a, a male-led Bible study crew that runs. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can come. And so this, these are my people. I, I love them. Like I enjoy them. They have been amazing and also the unnecessary reason why I ran 31 miles <laughs> in the fucking wilderness. <laughs> oh my God. The things yeah. you do for women. I blame Rosalie though. Rosalie's the one that asked him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Rosalie to that point though, what it, can you guys tell us? Okay. Name of the race, where it was. And how, like, I mean, you said the 50 K so 31 miles, but. Rosalie, you didn't run a hundred miles. You run, you ran a hundred k. So I know you. I, yes. I heard that. Running, yes, running a hundred miles is not on my horizon for the next few years, at the very least. Um, but yeah, this race was the Bandera hundred k and fifty k. They also have a twenty five k. It's outside San Antonio in like rural area called Bandera. Um, the it's cowboy, a pretty Texas cowboy capital of the country. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. It was it was wild out there. I mean, I've never been to Texas, but it was like really different terrain. And it's a pretty major race in the ultra running world because um well it's sponsored by Hoka and then it's also what they call a golden ticket race for Western states. And then Western States is like the Boston Marathon of American trail running. It's like the most premier, hardest hundred miler to get into. So a lot of athletes like Bandera because the top two female and the top two male um, finishers in the 100K get automatic entries to the Western States. So it's oh. like a pretty big, this race is like a, a pretty big deal, but, um, you know, nobody's like us can also sign up. So Right. So in the, the Western States is 100 miles. Correct. Right, right. That's a pretty big deal as far as the trail running community goes. Yeah, for sure. Actually, how I started getting into um, dabbling with possibly doing 100Ks was because I wanted to do Western States sometime in my lifetime. So this Bandera race is my second attempt at getting another lottery entry to Western States. Hey. How, how long does a lottery last? Or <laughs> is it just like you? if you do it that year, that means you're going to be doing the other race the same year the year after that? Yeah, so because the demand for Western States is so high, um, you have a really complex lottery system. So basically um, the number of, you can only enter the lottery once per year and to enter you need to run a list on their qualifying list, which all of them are at least 100k. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are like 100 miles and then some of them have finishing time. So Banderas was 100k 17 hours and then every time you run a qualifying race you get one um chance to enter the lottery and you can only enter once a year at most and then the number of years that you don't get picked so let's say like now i have my second entry so this december i'm going to enter the lottery i'll have two to the second power number of tickets so people who have like five years hey, tickets, yeah People, so your chances double each year, essentially. So people who okay. have five years of tickets have two to the fifth power, so 32 tickets. 
Yeah. Oh, so, so your percentage no of tickets in the bucket goes yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. And okay. um, and I think right now it takes like six or seven years to get picked on average. Some people get picked in their first seven. year. Yeah. To Which run 100 why, miles. But that's it's like brutal. the Boston Marathon of I, I think that's amazing. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I look, look the, when I signed up for the 50K um, that I was going to do, they had, they had all four of like the major ultra. So it was a 50 K 50 miler, hundred K hundred miler. So immediately my mind was like, what is it like to run a hundred miles? But let me do all the other ones first. Um, so I mean, I want to get, I want to talk to both of you guys. I want to talk to all three of you. I feel a little overwhelmed to be honest, but <laughs> Rosalie, have you done a 50 K and a 50 miler or did you just jump straight into a hundred K? Oh no, I would never do that. I, so I didn't even get into running. Like I got into running accidentally. Like I never thought I would run more than a 5k. Mm -hmm. So I have to do things gradually. And I remember every distance that I went up, like my first half, like like three months before my first half, I told my friend, I will never in my life run a half marathon. And then signed up for a 10k. It went well. Then I was like, okay, I'll sign up for a half. And then I trained for that. It went well. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do a full. And then the same story just kind of happened. And then um, a few people told me about 50Ks. So I've done a few road 50Ks and they were hard. Mm, wait, 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 wait. We're not going to gloss over your your road 50K career. Um, what, it was one that you did really well in. Which one was that one? <laughs> uh, the Lakefront 50K. Which last was fall. last fall, yeah. This was like fall 2020, yeah. But Ian, you have to understand these are small races. The field. No, is not no, 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 no. What was your place? No, in that race? wasn't I'm that twenty twenty one though. Wasn't that literally like a couple of, a few months ago? That I, that was the second time I've done that race. So you're just saying Actually, it wasn't as good as correction. the first time. That was the third time I've done that race. Wow. Okay. I guess. And then what did you place in that race? Um, okay, the second time I've done that race, I, yeah, I won it, but it was like yeah, the second. Right. The, the second <laughs> time I did it. I, I, I won the women, not overall. So? And then this past fall, I ran a little bit faster, but I only got it. See, this is why we need you on. We need to hear these stories, okay? <laughs> right. The, the conversation she's having is, like, different because she, I'm participating. She's talking about, like, in the champions pools. Like She said, yeah, I won. No big deal. I won the third time. But you have you know, to understand, these are like, small races. Like, at Bandera, I didn't even get in the top 50 percentile of women in my division. I got, but, like, 7th out of 13. 7th out of what? 13. 13. Okay. That's top 10, right? So, no. also, you said 7th out of 13 in your age age group so okay. women in their 20s yeah. i still count that yes. I so i look i count that also okay um did you get a what well, you you needed to get a 17 less than 17 hours and i think i saw somewhere that was like 16 or something yeah, like a little over 14 now. 14 oh okay mm -hmm. so blew the time qualification out of the water and that is why you're in the the lottery yes okay yes. clarifications I hope our <laughs> listeners understand the gravity so of what we're talking about. She's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I ran a 50K. I think I cured cancer at like mile 23. Okay, but, Ian, uh, you know, I'm just a regular like person. I got into this sport accidentally, okay? 
And that's yeah, what's and great about it. You, yeah, you, too, you both know you both got into this accidentally. Just someone at one point talked you into it. That I feel like we were forced. But also, yeah. I'm just kidding. But Rosalie is an amazing runner. And I, she never, I feel like this is a good point just to say it. <laughs> she is an amazing runner. And she gets down to the science of it. And she takes it very seriously. And she's like an inspiration. Mm. All yeah, the women, all the seven women, Rosalie is an inspiration to all of us. And I feel confident saying that for everyone. <laughs> Speaking for oh, them all. Yeah. 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 So, Karen... What is your story? How did you get into running this 50K? And is this is your first, right? Yes. So this was my first. Um, like, what is the story? So don't gloss over. Are we going to gloss over the fact that this is her longest race longer than a half marathon? Whoa. So you skipped yeah. a marathon. Ian, you didn't call her out. You called me out. Yeah. I, did. I, I was yeah. waiting on a perfect time. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I was not interested in a marathon, specifically a road. Like I would do a marathon on a trail. So that's my thing. I like trails, um, which is why I've looked into trail running, which they're usually ultras. Um, so I think that's why the interest was there. And then I met Rosalie and that kind of made it a reality. And so, um, yeah, that's why I did this 50K. Um, my plan is to get really fast at the half. And during like the summer and then during winter do ultras. Like that's my plan. Um, and get better at ultras. So yeah. So that's trying to kill, uh, another, what was, was the, 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 the South side half marathon? I think that's another Hoka race, right? The ones that rush through. Yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. I did the Hoka half. Yeah. So, and that's the one you're trying to kill. You're trying to win that, right? No, I'm not trying to win that. <laughs> I don't think that's possible <laughs> for me. But um, no, I'm trying to get in the low 120s. Like one hour, 20 minutes. Um, 23, 24, 25, I'll take. What, what was your time for the previous one? One hour, 32 minutes and 24 seconds. Is that, is that not okay. that was my That was my third Second that I read, so the first one was actually the road bus travel. Oh, races. you know, I, yeah. I, thank you for participating. <laughs> yeah, yes. it was really fun. So that was my first one. Totally didn't train for it. Um, loved it. And then I did another one, but I think it was just more practice within my training. Mm-hmm. The coach had me do it to practice because I was really nervous about races. So I think I just did it to get some fear out. So I wasn't really, I wasn't running it because it was very close to the Hoka half. So I wasn't supposed to go that fast at all. Um, and then I did the Hoka. Seriously. First the Hoka was her something. first race. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, it was fun. Damn. Okay, so you like trail. What, why? I don't know. Um, it's just my happy place. Mm-hmm. I, I get lost easier on the trail. I feel like I can just run forever on a trail. Um, I don't really get negative on a trail. That's so true. Like, what are you going to be yeah. negative about? Even when it's raining, even exactly. when the condi- conditions aren't like perfect, but it's like, those are those moments that you can learn and kind of learn something about you as a runner and how you move a little bit differently and prepare for any climate when you're actually racing. Um, um and I like to be in nature. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's like my spot to kind of debrief and be with myself. So, and 
so then you were like 50k <laughs> yeah well rosie was like hey <laughs> i'm doing this this 100k there's a 50k you should do it too how like, many weeks did you have yeah, to train i don't know rosie when did uh, we but did rosie is now my coach as well eight weeks yeah. and then yeah. I had some shin splints I'm assuming they're shin splints that's my medical diagnosis <laughs> and so I took <laughs> I took a few weeks like two weeks off um also kind of got sick over the break over the holidays so took that a little easy too so I feel like I was kind of under trained um because I was not being diligent with Rosalie's plan like I should have been <laughs> um and I also wasn't doing some strength exercises that I had done previously, like over the summer training for the half. Um, so I don't know. I think Rosalie but, is probably you and Rosalie are probably the best trained athletes on this podcast right now. You talking about well, Courtney and Rosalie? Well, I mean, I saw Courtney's training on Strava, and it was like very consistent. Yeah. That's true. Consistency like, was there. But then yeah. it fell off a cliff. So <laughs> I am out of shape. Okay. <laughs> to my own standards. I'll put it that way. But your body will remember, you know, when you get back to it. Yeah. Right, I feel like it only I, ever yeah, takes like two weeks to remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here for that. She said it only takes about two weeks. Do I believe it? I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to the gym. We were just talking about it during our little intro. And I'm like, I'm very sad. I'm very upset about not being able to run. Um, it's a, it's a big sore spot for me. So, um, yeah. That's the move. It's really interesting. Karen's talking about, you know, just getting lost on the Mm -hmm. trail because, um, it, I've run marathons, you know, I've done these, these three, four five hours runs and stuff like that. But I find on the road, it's like, if I'm not listening to music, I'm not running with somebody, I don't have a podcast in, in my ear. It, it, it's really hard to find some kind of focus that'll keep me truly in the moment and stuff like that. I'm always, you know, trying to find some, whether it's my legs or my breathing, I'm really trying to stay concentrating trying to keep my focus on the activity at hand. Whereas what I realized, this is the longest run I've ever done. Not even in mileage, but just time. I ran mm-hmm. for eight hours and 20 minutes. And most of that just flew by because I, my mind was so preoccupied with the millions of fucking rocks that was on the ground <laughs> waiting to take my life, you know? <laughs> and it, and it was the cacti, you can't forget about those. It, it, no. it was wild because, and I would, I kid you not, I was, I I, I couldn't, I, I, I don't know why I didn't think to look at my phone as to what time it actually was, but uh, my, what, my garment, when it's in run mode, it, it, there's no clock and stuff. So, my fear was once I passed the halfway mark, like I forgot what time I started. But once I passed the halfway mark and I started, it took me three hours and 40 minutes to do that. In my mind, mm-hmm. I was going to have to finish this race in the dark, which was not, was, I was not going to do that because I could not wrap my mind around how Rosalie ran this fucking trail in the dark. So Rosalie, you, you had your 100K on Saturday last week, yes. a couple of days yes. ago. And then Karen and Ian, you guys ran on Sunday. So 
Yeah. And then Ian was talking about how like you ended your race at night because you said it took 14 hours to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when did you start? We started at 7.30 and then the sun sets, I think around 6.30. So I did around 15 miles, the last 15 miles in the back. Wow. Um, and every hill I would come on, I'd be like, Rosie, you help me get through it actually. Because I was like, you know what? Rosie did this in the dark. I'm like, I can, Karen, you can do this. Like Rosie did this twice, twice. Cause she had to do the loop twice and in the dark. I'm like, Mm-mm. let's go. <laughs> but I wasn't alone and that's really key because the last time I ran in the dark I realized I was really scared of running in the dark you know as like a woman yeah in nature in the dark mm-hmm. as a person of color so I had a my friend Jeff who I don't know if y'all I feel like Jeff is worth mentioning just because Jeff is kind of like my running mentor and I feel like he's a huge part of how I got into ultra running so I'll just mention Jeff so Jeff lights was my first manager at my first job um, when I was an intern, when I was 20, year, 20 years old. So this is like 2013. Um, I was not a runner back then. I was two years removed from starting even thinking about running. And I remember I was like this like really shy intern and he was like, oh yeah, like what are your summer plans? And I probably had something really like boring. And then he was like, oh, I'm going for the first hundred mile in the summer. And I was like, what? Like what sport do you speak of? And he started telling me about ultras and um, now he's retired from that company. Now he's the new race director for the Lakefront 50 mile 50 K, which is in the spring and the fall, which is what we just talked about. And um, he was the one who told me about Bandera hundred K because this year was his fourth year running it. He told me about this race in 2017 when he ran it the first time. So it's always been in the back of my head to run it. Um, and I signed up for last year's, but deferred it due to COVID. And this year, you know, out of the blue, he emails me and he's like, like, this is a month ago. He's like, Hey, like, how's training going? What is your strategy for Bandera? And I was like, I, I don't know, Jeff, like my last hundred K was like a totally different race. It was in the mountains. It was twice as much climbing. I don't have a goal for this race. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to give it my best shot. So then Jeff kind of just decides my goal for me. He's like, you're going to finish in 12 to 14 hours. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then he was like, you want to start the race? Or I was like, you want to start the race together? And it turns out because he was undertrained, he was only there for his brother. He ran the whole 100K with me. Um, I don't even think he broke like, sweat. No, his PR there is like 11, 11 and a half hours. So Jeez. he's just chilling. Yeah. Now for a nice, nice job. He's gotten like, I think in the, I think he's gotten 21st place before overall. Um, 21st uh, place? Like yeah, like twenty first place one That's year, amazing. place another year, yeah. Wow. But I think what he did for me was expose me to this amazing sport that I had never even heard of, that I never would have had an entryway, and it made me want to tell my friends about. It. Like I was like, I need to, I need to spread this word to like people like Karen and Ian, because a, like we need more runners of color in trail running and in ultras and be like, it's just such an enjoyable sport and more people need to discover it. Wow. That was a side tangent. Sorry. No, I love it. Jeff was, Jeff was awesome, man. His smile every time y'all came into the aid station was awesome. He was, I mean, y'all, both of y'all just made me feel like I could do it next week. Also, I had no idea what y'all was running and stuff. But him alone, he just made it seem like 
it wasn't that big of a deal. Like it was just another run. Mm-hmm. I didn't get nervous until the end when I saw you at the end, but also <laughs> you had done it twice. So. <laughs> yeah, it's delirious. I know I said a lot of things that kind of regret. So. What was, it's okay. What stays on the trail? And what yeah. sat on the trail stays yeah. on the trail, Rosalie. No worries. Yeah. I like that rule. Um, well, I, uh, no, I was just gonna say real quick, Courtney. Mm-hmm. The elevation that uh, I have on my Strava was three thousand three hundred and fifty feet. I'm curious to know what your elevation was. Was it just completely double that? Because you ran it twice. Um, I had yeah sixty three hundred. So yeah, about the same. Right. Crazy. Our plane was at, Our plane was at. We could turn our phones off airplane mode at ten thousand feet yesterday. Okay, <laughs> Rosalie was like four G's away from that. <laughs> how are you guys um, feeling? Like how? What's? What are you like? I need to know. I really also really want to know what you're you like wore, what the the whole gear situation was. But I also I like need to know how you're feeling in this moment because you ran it all of two days ago, Karen and Ian, three days ago for Rosalie. Yeah, yeah. Karen, tell us how you feel right now. How's your legs? Um, so standing up is a struggle. It, you know, I have to use my hands. And then when I'm up, it takes like 10 seconds for my body to realize I am standing on my legs. So I'm <laughs> holding on. And then I can let go and try to move forward in some way. Like, uh, it's usually like my knees are not bending. And I am looking very crazy. Like in the airport, at least four people asked me like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> Which I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, who asked that? I don't know. So it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> That's stairs, hilarious. Stairs can't happen um, at all. Are you staying in the house? Like, do you work from home? No, I don't work at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm, I'm not at that. I'm not currently. Mad. He's an educator um, at large. Period. Yeah. Educator at large. I love you. <laughs> um, but I, I went out a little bit today. So as I move more, it feels better. So like when we were in the airport, mm-hmm. when we had the walking stretches, you know, once you get moving, you can kind of move. Um, but after sitting, it's a struggle. Any ramps, downhill, it's a struggle. So would you have stayed another day, like ideally not no. like, are you like going home was a good idea? Like immediately. Yeah. I just wanted to get home. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Our Airbnb like kind of didn't have water all the time. Also <laughs> oh my God. Tell us these stories. Also, Rosalie, Ian, how are you feeling? I feel like Ian, you're not even, yeah, you, you can't even you go. Yeah. Ian, I feel go. like you're not even flinching Ian. I know. So, and so this is the conversation I was having with Karen. It was like, because, um, I think my, I think once you run these distances and stuff like that, I mean, it was definitely like, what? Um, I can't do no math. I'm trying, I don't want to count on my fingers on this fucking zoom, but it's like a six, seven mile difference between a marathon and this 50 K. Right. But I feel like my, my body understands the trauma and it's, it, it knows how to rebuild itself. And so the first year I ran 26.2 miles, I was, I was like a split image of what I was looking at, uh, for Karen for the last two days and, and feeling the same way and stuff. Whereas each marathon and even this, my recovery time is going down. Like I, 
I get still sore if I'm sitting down or if I'm like all crunched up for a long period of time. But um, if I'm moving around, you know, a lot of that stiffness and pain starts to go away. My calves now, they crazy because I, I think it's because I decided to run in those fucking Kygers. You really? Know? Really? Fuck you, Kyger. Okay. Really? And the horse that you rode in. Oh, you spicy okay? right now. Those shoes, like I was like, I was like feeling all good about it. And Gannon told me it's like, nah, baby, we should probably get you some Pegasus. That's what you've been running in. I was like, nah, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get these joints. I was speaking to Courtney. They got what? the wide toe box. <laughs> you feel me? It got it got React foam in there. No, I mean I'm not part of this. No, 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 you sold Listen to the last episode. She saw me. I was like, "Now nah, I'm gonna do this." Eric went and copped them for me. I'm like, "I'm with it, right?" I'm like, "I'm like four millimeter drop." I've been laughing at Karen for like months since I found out she ran in these this four millimeter drop shoe. And I think we had a conversation about that. It just makes the foot flatter in this situation. I'm like, "I can do that shit. Whatever. Let's go." No, it is a whole another monster. It hits your legs differently. I, I told Aaron it felt like I ran a marathon in Nike Freeze. That's what it felt like I did. It was crazy. You felt like you was running barefoot? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 2,000%. I felt every single rock. Every <laughs> single rock in this shoe. But I will say that um, I, I, I did feel like I had um, more stability versus, and I know it's a completely different type of terrain, but I was running in my older Pegasus and Palos and things like that. And, you know, it, my, my feet was just doing a lot of moving around. My ankles was rolling a lot and stuff like that. Where this one, I, I just felt like I had more control on where my foot was landing, how it was landing, how it was bending and curling around these rocks and stuff like that. Because I, I, don't, I don't know about Karen and Rosalie, but I kicked so many rocks. You know, I was stepping down on rocks and before I can pick my foot up, you know, like I'm, I'm sitting here on this rock and before I pick my foot up to, to push off and kick, I hit down, but before I pick it up, my foot is like here and stuff because I'm sliding. Mm. So it's moving like three to four inches the minute I touch the ground before I can even pick it up again. But I had no point that I feel like I was just completely out of control. And uh, um, it might have had something to do with the drop, but my feet were not built for that. My arches, not built for that. My calves, not built for that. You have to work your way down, is what I said. No, I don't need to be down. So it's okay. <laughs> That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> Look, what I also said that I started with Pegasus trail shoes first and then went to Kyger's. So I was basically still running in a Pegasus before I like, you know, and I guess, I don't know, for me, I, and I also was doing it, I was training with them a little bit more. I yeah, like yeah, the fact yeah. that I can feel each rock, on, honestly, but I don't, I think they have a plate in there, so you're not, it's not like piercing your foot. At least it shouldn't. So what I was I really in my say, ultras. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I was in my ultras and I forgot my rock guards, which is like an insole that you put in your shoe for when you're in rocky or terrain because mm. my shoes, I guess, are considered minimalist shoes. Mm. And so I forgot I heard, that. I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> but it didn't bother me at all. It was completely fine. I did not. 
feel well, like you sharp jabs to my shoes. And you that's also like why in. she has no legs. <laughs> and you're trying on those shoes for the very first time that might be yeah. in the kitchen of the Airbnb. So that's what I, I was going to say. Talk about it. Also, that was also my very first run of those Tigers. Was thirty one pounds. Nez was like Nez is like touching your shoes, seeing how they fit, and I was like, well, I was like, this is a disaster. Like I have no part of it. I looked away. I was like, I'm gonna just have my. I, I, I put them on for the second time while I was in Texas. Ever right <laughs> while I was in Texas, and what my 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 theory around this, my theory around this, and disclaimer: people do not do this. My theory was. I was going to wear, because we was basically out there all day waiting on Rosalie to hit the different A stations and to come back around. So I was like, I'll wear them all day on Saturday to break them in. <laughs> what I would say is walking on them for 14 hours is means nothing when you have to run on them for eight hours. Um, so, yeah, also, also that I, I, I that was my one and only experience in these in these freaking shoes. And it was it was a wow one. Okay. Well. But hold on. Wait. Can we can we back up a little bit? I want, I want to back up because we're like all over the place. I want to go back for up. it. Back up. I want to back up because this trip was a journey from <laughs> the very beginning. Okay. All right. Me and Karen's trip started with trying to get to Texas. Do you want to tell them uh, our airport story? Um. Sure. Um, so our flight, our original flight got canceled, which was really annoying because, you know, when you book flights and you usually get like one, um, what's it called? Like nonstop flight. And then the other one's usually like a stop. We're on Southwest. Well, our nonstop got canceled and then they rescheduled it. So now it has a stop. And then our first flight was delayed like four hours, something crazy. So then, so then we missed, so we would miss our second flight. So we get to the airport. There's no other flights we can get on. So we know that Rosalie Inez's flight is at midway. Is at midway. So we're at O'Hare, and so the the woman switches us to the flight at midway. It's what three o'clock. The flight's at four thirty. Mm-hmm. So we call an Uber. We get in the Uber and we go to Midway. For some wow. reason, there's no traffic. It's a Friday. This yeah. man's Uber. Yeah. We, we didn't ride in an Uber, first of all. We rode in an ashtray on wheels. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. The joint smelled like cigarettes. The minute you opened the door, it was just, it was like, it was, you opened the door and it was just like a layer of just, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you felt. He also had like these leather coverings over his seats that were like, <laughs> I don't even know. It was the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, he understood the mission. He did. He executed the mission. We made yeah. it to Midway. Wow. There was no security lines, made it through security, sat down, ate tacos, and made it to the gate for 4.30 to see Nesbitt. Yeah. Wow. That flight originally was 3.30 and they got pushed to 4.30 like yeah. just a couple hours before. So it all worked out. It all worked out, and on the back end, we were gonna we were going to get an hour earlier or a few hours earlier than Rosalie and us. We would have had to wait, or they would have had to wait for us. But now we went together, so mm-hmm. yeah. And we all tested, or okay, women in each of these respective relationships tested negative two days before the trip. So we just assumed that 
That's how Matthew Matthew is. He's like, I don't go anywhere. You're the one that goes places, so you need to get tested. I don't. Like, (laughs) do you not go to the grocery store? Like, (laughs) yeah. So I was really stressed about that because, like, I've I've been in schools Monday Tuesday with like high school kids who you know aren't always wearing the mask properly, and I was like, I'm gonna get this virus before I go on this trip. Thankfully, we tested negative, so everything worked out on the way there. Wow. Okay. And then the Airbnb situation, you said you didn't have water. I also want to know, like, did everyone have what they were wearing for the race on them? You didn't check bags. Cause I heard that's like the number, number one running rule is not to check the outfit that you're supposed to be wearing at the race. Always put it in your carry on. That's probably a good rule. And Rosalie also had the tiniest bag I've ever seen a yeah. woman have ever. Wow. Yeah, I must really looking light for races. In, if it was like a trip, it would be you know like a suitcase. Because you know you gotta get the. We're going off. to like run and eat and sleep. Like what? What do you mean? Right. I don't know. I had a suitcase. Me and like, so much shit. Wow. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you guys brought a lot of things, and then Karen, you still forgot your your inserts. I would have yeah. been tight. I would have been so tight. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So this Airbnb situation, how close were you to the race? It was 45 minutes from the race. It was like the closest cheap one that we could find. So it was, the race is already in a rural area, like with very spotty service. And in Texas. Airbnb, yeah. This Airbnb was like running off a shared well. The owner said we could get 30 to 45 minutes of hot water at a time. Why? Because there are some points we hadn't even showered and it would just be out. We had I mean, like the faucet, faucet in water. Mm-hmm. but not just hot water, y'all. Like water would not come out of the faucet because yeah, it came from a like well in the backyard. <laughs> toilet. Yo, that's wild. You might as well have been just camping. You could have just pulled up to Bandera with some tents. It would have been yeah. great. Oh, I gave this person a three star because the linens were comfortable, the beds were like comfortable. Yeah. It was super cute. I mean, okay. the place is very cute. You no, know, it had the live, laugh, love posters, all that, you know, yeah. life at the lake. It was lake theme. Kind of decor. Yeah. Well, there was a lake, Karen, but I don't know if you saw Well, it kind of. Okay. She said it's a pond. <laughs> like a dried up canyon, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was giving me canyon vibes. <laughs> This is not bad there. This is Lake Hills. Technically, the Airbnb was in Lake Hills, Texas. Mm-hmm. And that was just crazy. And, you know, the interesting part to even jump around a little bit was me me and Karen. Uh, this, is how, this is how much we was out in the sticks, first and foremost, was that when we were leaving the night before, I tried to reserve an Uber for pickup the next morning because Nez and Rosalie had, like, this stupid know. early flight. And me and Karen went to sleep in later. Uber was like, oh, we don't pick up in that area. So I had to try Lyft, which we all know here in Chicago, Lyft is usually like $30 more than any Uber you're going to get, right? So I was a little nervous about that. But I get on it. It's reasonable price. It lets me reserve a Lyft. And so the next morning, we get picked up by this amazing Mexican woman, Leticia. I'm butchering her name. And I, I was practicing it all day. So I could shout her out. I think, but, that's, a, I think that's right. Uh, that's right. You said okay, right? but you know, I, I, I was trying to hit it with you know the Latin tongue, and oh. it, it, it didn't okay. work. He was trying to represent. 
You know what I'm saying? Leticia, some shit like that, right? But she gave us like this roadside tour. Come to find out, she had a, she has an Airbnb, Airbnb in her house, right? And it's like, like help me out, babe. Like it's like on a mountain somewhere. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but I think it was expensive, and and they live there too. So like, also, it's yeah, yeah. Right, she had me at we cook three meals a day. I was like, I'll say less. Right. That's, that's what we're saying next time. Be, that'll be there with you. So you're going to do again. Oh, you see Rosalie picking up on the main theme here. So you're going to run it again. Because this is the question I asked Ian yesterday. Like, would you do it again? Oh, what do you say? He said, I don't know. Maybe. He basically said, you basically said facts, but you, you basically said that you wouldn't just seek it out, but you love trail. And if someone comes up to you and says, Hey, let's run this together. You'll do it with them. So, I mean, uh, okay. someone who, oh. like, like a specific someone, <laughs> right. You have the someone's right here. So what I said was just like, I, I, I had I, the four times that I've run a trail. I have noticed that I've enjoyed it. <laughs> And I would run, I will continue to run on trails. I will. Um, will I be seeking out races to run? No. Y'all, I would never put up in a group chat like, hey guys, I found this 50K, let's go do it. No, I'm not going to do that. But if there was a nice trip, it was a beautiful situation, it was going to be kind of fun, maybe. So a redo of what you did. Basically. No, if I do a 50K again, I'm going to train for months. To oh, yeah. yeah. Because I wouldn't expect anything else. Did, yeah, yeah, it was so. virtually no training for me. Uh, I think you get away I with like so. one of those. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you did it again for like something else. Like, if you did it for like a half, because you said you haven't ran a half. So you might, you know, but you know, you probably will train. But I feel like, Ian, you do that a lot. You just run races. You yeah, ran the, that one, the RLT marathon with little to no training and we used to train it. i mean niggas be running we be running you know what i'm saying what you start running? Part, Ian. like rosalie say your, your body remembers in two weeks that's not what i meant by that <laughs> but okay. doesn't, doesn't you just said that you're misquoting me what did you say your body will remember in two weeks not like what a 50k feels like but like what training regular training feels like it remember how to do it that's all I was going off of. That's all my body was going off of the, the other day. Was like, was like, oh, this is probably what Pilsen felt like. I don't think that logic is completely off either because if you're five miles off from a marathon, it's just you run the marathon and by that point, you're, you're already in like, you're in that mode where you could just keep going. So, okay. Like a 50 miler, I don't think you can just jump into a 50 miler. A 50K is like, okay, I ran a marathon and then some. Right. And then I have to like get back to the green line, basically. But let, let me pull back for a second because I, I know, I know, I really want to hear about uh, how you attack the, this 100K. But before we do that, like to stay on where we are right now, um, hitting, Doing these races for the very first time is such a unique experience because you have, you do not know what to expect. It's just balls to the wall. Like you're just going out there and you're just doing this thing and you have, you don't know 
like I was like I was telling Karen uh, last night, like I know now where I need to relax, what I need to look for, and as, and if I do this again, I'm going to be analyzing every part of this race. Whereas this weekend, I was just running. I was just running on field. I was just trying to do the best that I could. I didn't know if I was supposed to be walking up this hill or running down that hill or whatever. I was just, we were just, we were purely just running. No thought into it and stuff like that. And, and that is what, that was what I enjoyed about it the most was just taking all of the, all because all, my marathon is ruined. At this point, like any any marathon that I run, I'm going to be especially to Chicago. Like I don't have any intentions on running Chicago anymore because I know where the neighborhoods are. I feel like I know what I should be running in the neighborhood. I'm be thinking about it the entire time, and so having this unique experience to run this this trail that I've never run on before, this distance that I've never run before, it's pretty cool because well, I feel like once you do it a second time, you never get that same level of excitement. How do y'all feel about that? Well, I feel like once you do it a second time, you never get that same level of excitement. How do y'all feel about that? I think that's fair. I think we're always trying to recreate that first time. And I think having a new trail helps. Like, I definitely got a taste of that. This time around, even though it wasn't my first 100K, it was definitely, I don't know what's coming up next. I don't know where the next hill is, um, but nothing will ever be the same as like the first 100K, 100K. Rosalie, your, your mic is like going away from your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like going in and out. Okay. Is this that better? Is, yeah, that's really good. Okay. She was saying that nothing's going to feel like your first 100K again. Yeah, and you can try to recreate it by picking a different race or picking a different trail because you don't know what's around the corner or where the next hill is or how rocky it's going to be. Um, but that feeling of like the true pain cave suffering, like you'll never get again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never feel that again. Say that again. So if I never feel that again, it'd be great. <laughs> I literally Courtney I'm going to tell you this because whatever because you'll have your first one soon too you've done a marathon though Courtney yeah I did Chicago 2019. Okay, so maybe you know this feeling but there was a point when um, my legs wouldn't I could, like, couldn't pick up my legs like my hip flexor like I literally I really couldn't run and I was like I don't know what's happening <laughs> like did I do permanent damage um so yeah, that pain cave is real. And yeah. I and I just didn't know if it was like normal or not normal. Like Rosalie, when I saw you at mile 27, first of all, I was waiting to see you because I thought you'd be there when when we picked up Mark. And I was like, okay, Karen, just get there. Cause like I was like crying. Oh. <laughs> but like I was hiding it from Nez. <laughs> but like when he'd go ahead, I'd like tear up and be like, oh my God. <sighs> And I'm like, okay, when I see Rosalie, I'm just going to let it loose. Like, I can totally cry or like, whatever. And then you weren't there. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. Oh, you had with Mark. <laughs> I know, it was just Mark. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, Mark, Mark. So he, you know, was with Naz talking stuff. So I was like crying secretly. And I'm like, when I see her at mile 27, I'm like, it's just all going to go. So that's why when I saw you, I just like, 
all the tears came because oh. I was like holding up because <laughs> I was like, I know she'll understand. And then anyway, so thank you for that. I appreciate you. Yeah, I think out of all men, you can cry in front of Nez and Mark in the future. If you ever and they saw it. I mean, I did. It ultimately <laughs> happened. <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm like, don't ever tell anyone this ever. It's okay. I'm like, okay. But I literally had no idea of that type of pain. Like, I just did not. That type of pain, but like, keep moving. Like, I was, I just kept going. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but... I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah. I think it's like, I honestly don't know if anyone like hearing people say that I've, I ran for 12 months, sorry. I ran for 12 hours or I ran for how long did it take you guys to run? Six, eight hours, seven hours, 30 minutes for me. Okay. Eight for Ian. Yeah. Like that to people, it's like, why the repetitive movement it's like you're so far I don't know about you guys but I feel like with me it's like you're so far into it that like you even when you can't run you know where the finish line is so you just push yourself to the point of finishing it's like you just tell your body what to do at that point and it it also is so mechanic yeah 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 but I was ready to stop I told myself I was like you can stop at Yaya, Karen. I'm like, just make it to Yaya, and then you can stop. I'm like, Rosalie. That's mile 27. You can stop. That's mile 27. Four miles left. Yeah. <laughs> and then at that point, you know, you're like, well, there's four miles left. Just take it one mile at a time. Well, yeah, but I was really scared my legs wouldn't work ever. Like, I thought I did. You thought you were going to have legs? Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> Carrie, you have a whole ass breakdown in the middle of and everyone around you is not even realizing. I can only imagine. That's tough. Yeah, I'm Courtney, I'm telling you, I could not lift my legs up. Like yeah. from my hips. Like I could not lift them up. I mean my knees. It was a lot of pain. Looking back, would you well, you already said it that you missed some of the strength workouts that you were doing in the summertime. So do you yeah. feel like that was a part of it? That was totally a part of it. Um, I think maybe we were going very fast in the beginning. Yeah. It was so fun. Like I was having so much fun. It was beautiful. Like I was loving life. (laughs) It was the best. So I think I probably ran some hills I should not have ran. Mm. Um, I probably was going too fast. I think I need to work on downhill. I think that was unavoidable. Like, and I can't really tell in Rosalie, I mean, we haven't talked yet. I have so many questions for you, but I think I I can't tell. And E and I were talking about this. I can't tell if going in the fast in the beginning was really what made my legs hurt or if they would have hurt like that anyway. So because of the hills and the terrain. So I'm not like upset. Like I, I wouldn't have run it any different. Um, like I love how it all went. Um, so I don't know. I just have some thinking to do about strategy probably, but definitely in the strength. Well, following the training plan would be helpful as well. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say too, that like, because we run in Chicago, I know for me, trail running has made me look at road running completely different. And like trail runners put so much effort into that. It's like, to me, it's almost, it's not, but it's like, feels sometimes like a different sport because of the gear and also the technicality of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you can only train for a certain, um, like altitude in Chicago. Like I did my best and would 
do heel, heel repeats and all that. But like at the end of the day, you got, you, you're all talking about these big ass rocks and like just looking down at your feet and like just being in a new space. So like, how do you feel training in the Midwest and then going out into that train for the first time, specifically Karen? Cause I'm just, cause I know Rosalie, you've done this before. Yeah, there's nothing like it. And I think that was half the issue um, in terms of like my leg pain. Um, Yeah, no, we'll have to go somewhere for three months. We're going to have to take like seven on Sundays trips, like training retreats and train because there is nothing in Chicago or Illinois that you will find. I thought maybe in Southern Illinois there might be, but I don't think it will be rocks like that. The Midwest is flat. Mm -hmm. Unless you want to go to the sand dunes. Yeah, that's I don't know. I don't know if there'll be anything that can prepare you for that. So, okay. Well, how, how do how do you tackle um, training here and in the Great Plains of, of Illinois, Rosalie, and then going on a road and running in these different yeah. environments? How do you tackle it? I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out too. I was actually emailing Jeff about it um, earlier today, and like, I think we have to take advantage of hills and overpasses and bridges. So. Um, like one of my New Year's goals this year is to double my total amount of climbing that I did last year. So last year I only got like 50,000 feet of climbing in all my runs, according to Strava. So like this year I want to do more hill repeats and try to get out to Palos more often, try to get 80,000 feet. And then like I was talking to Jeff and when he did Western States the first time, he said he was at the Soldier Field Setting Hill doing dozens and dozens of hill routines, just running, practicing, yeah. running hard on the downhills there. Cause that's super, super steep. That's probably the steepest hill we have in at least that I know of in this area. Yeah, over here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even like Blue Bridge, that steepness and the, the Morgan Point Hill on 47th going um, south, that's not quite as steep as the Soldier Field Sledding Hill. So, I think it's just going to have to be like a lot of mind there if you can't make it up to those more often. You'll be losing you again. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So a lot of like intentional, boring hill repeats running hard downhill. So, oh, go ahead, Ina. I was just, I want to know how she's feeling today. We never got to hear No, please. No, please. Go ahead. <laughs> because my question is going to be along that, along that, because, uh, we, she did she did the 50k and when mm-hmm. she showed up at the midway point to like swap things out I mean she was so giddy Rosalie was so giddy she was happy her sister was there sister homie was there we was laughing choking she was in her she was like like squatting down going through her pack for like two minutes and stuff like that like she was just doing all of these things but at the end of the second loop, I mean, you could have you could have just put her in a little plastic bag and took her wherever you wanted. She was done. <laughs> so, I'm like, at, at what point in this race did uh did it did it really hit you? Did it really truly become like tough? Did you feel like you had to push through? Yeah, I actually just wrote my race report like an hour ago because I was like, I don't remember my brain as much. I don't. Uh, but basically, the first. Um, the first half of the first 50k so the first 25k was just fun like kind of what karen said like the novelty of it i haven't raced a trail race in like a year and a half or like close to a year and it was like i'm in texas on vacation it was fun and then um 
Jeff told this like long-winded 15 mile story. And that like really distracted me. Like he told a story of this 81 year old man who ran the lakefront 50 K and wrote a book about it and used to hold like the hundred K, the 200 K and the 24 hour American records back when he was in his forties. And you can imagine this illustrious career of this like old man who named like Bern Heinrich. You can look at the video. This story took 15 miles to tell me. So 15 miles. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a long story. Yeah. So I was like in the second half of the first loop. So 25 K through 50 K of this race, listening to this whole story and like not even thinking about running, like everything was effortless. And Mm. I, when I hit the 50 K point, Ian, I, I mean, I, right before the 50 K point, I was like, I'm so excited to see my crew. And I wasn't sure if I was going to see my sister, but I was like, I can't wait to see Naz and Karen and Ian and Mark. I was like, this is, it's been so great. And I feel good. And keep in mind, this is all relative to like my last hundred K, which was at altitude in Colorado, double the climbing where I already felt bad at mile like 18 after like climbing up the mountain. So like, this at this point in Bandera at the 50k point, I was like, I feel seven out of ten pain, which is like terrible. It's totally fine. And I was like, this race doesn't go so well. So I was really happy. And then um still feeling good the next 10 miles. So Naz was my official pacer for the second loop for the first 10 miles of the second loop. Um, and that was really fun because I don't know well. Ian and Karen, I don't know about your dynamic, but like Naz is faster than me and he's done more marathons than me and he's been running for like twice as long as I have. So in many regards, he's just a better runner than I am. Knows a lot more about running. But trail running is like the one thing or like not trail running, but like ultra trail running is like the one thing that I have on him. And I think because it was his first trail ultra, he was just like, oh my gosh, like this is so rocky. Like this terrain is awful. And I was like, in my head, I was like, you know, I was like, this is not even that bad. <laughs> so I think I was distracted by that. I like feeling superior to him for once in my life. <laughs> that next 10 miles is like super fun. Cause it's just like, Oh, touring guys around like this loop that I'd already seen. Um, and then after 10 miles of the second loop. So this would be mile 40, 41 ish. Um, I dropped or I told him to stop because he still had a 50 for the next day and I knew he was going to run with Karen. So I knew he needed to like save his legs for that. So I forced him to stop. And then uh, Jeff and I went on our way. And then basically the last third of the race was like pretty dark. Like my IT band started hurting on my left side, my plantar fasciitis and my right foot flared up. Um, and then I remember like 47 through 52, I was just telling myself, like, don't look at your watch. So I don't think I looked at my watch for those five miles. And I just ran. And mile 47 is when we had a bet on our headlamps. And the sun got pretty fast. So it got dark within, like, a mile. And, um, like, realizing I had run 15 miles in the dark was, like, pretty defeating. And then um, when my plantar fasciitis flared up at, like, mile 52 and... 52, I was like, that's like when you have 10 miles to go. And I was like, I still have 16% of this race left. Like, this is really bad. And I knew it wasn't as bad as like 
pastimes that I've raced, but I knew it was like top three worst moment of like running ever. Um, but I was just like, okay, we'll get through this. And then Jeff is like, um, I have a second and third installment of my story of my 15 mile story. <laughs> it's like, yes, thank you, Jeff. But he starts telling me the story. And then, uh, without five miles to go, I was like, Jeff, you're really well silent. That was like my passive aggressive way of getting him to shut up. <laughs> and then <laughs> we ran in silence. And then, um, with four miles to go, that was the final aid station. So that was Yaya aid station. And I was not expecting to see like my crew there, not expecting to see familiar faces. And the timing of that was so perfect because like the mile before that, I was kind of in the spot where Karen was mentally like about to cry. Um, and it was like a weird feeling because like I wasn't, I was in pain, but the, the wanting to cry wasn't like because of the pain specifically it was like this sense of like existential like loneliness like I'm sad because I'm sad kind of feeling it was kind of weird um and I wasn't even it was like loneliness but I knew I wasn't alone because I was Jeff so I think it was just like this like feeling of complete helplessness and not being surrounded by like my absolute closest like friends and family um and then not knowing like what the next five miles tells me because also the second half of the loop, I didn't remember any of it because I was so distracted by that story. So like every hill that we had, I was like, I don't remember this for the first time. Like I don't remember struggling at all. And so the second time I was like, I didn't know this is giant hill. Um, but seeing y'all at Yaya was amazing. And it gave me a pack of my stats. And then the last four miles, I was like, I want to try every 14 hours. So I booked it. Um, and there's, I think one of the largest climbs with two miles to go, it's called Lucky Peak. Um, I have no recollection of it from the first loop, but Ian and Karen, I mean, how would you describe that hill? Um, well, the woman, so I'm going to, so the woman at the aid station explained it like this, which helped me. I used it when I was on the hill because this is after I was going to stop and they didn't stop and whatever. She was like, so you're going to get to this hill. You're going to know it's a hill because you're going to know. <laughs> she said. And then she said, you're going to take it 15 feet at a time. And then you're going to do that again. And then you're going to take 15 feet again. And you're going to do it until you get to the top. That's how you're going to do it. Okay. So that just tells you like how large it was. And then when we got to the hill, I was feeling somehow I started running again. Like we were running again. And someone snuck you a little bit. Of oh, yeah. I had Advil. Someone gave me meds. This woman was like, here, take these. And she like put these pills in my hand. And I look at Rosie. I'm like, will they help? And Rosie was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I took them. Like I took unmarked pills from a woman. I didn't even know what they were. It was Advil, but I took it and whatever. So we, I, we started going and I was running. We finished it fairly fast, actually, compared to what was happening. But this hill... We're going up it and Mark was with us and he had not experienced any hills yet because he was with us for the last 10 and it wasn't very hilly. It was pretty grassy and flat. We get to this hill and we had to tell Mark, don't look up, like stop looking up, like don't look up <laughs> because he was kept looking up and being like, oh my God, don't look up, Mark. Just keep running. Right. Wow. That's how I would describe the hill. Yeah. And like, it was the oddest thing because 
I didn't remember the hill the first time, but because I did the second time in the dark, I couldn't, my headlamp couldn't see the top of the hill. So I literally couldn't see the top. Oh man, that's defeating. Whoa. It's all rock. It's all rock. Loose rocks. It's not like paved. It's loose rocks. It's crazy. It, it was, it was the craziest thing. You, when you run up to the hill, it's a wall, first of all. Like you don't ever see the top of the hill until you like, maybe over halfway up the hill and stuff like that. Other than that, it's just these rocks that like they that were nice enough to give you like optional steps, like situations and stuff. It, it was it was crazy. The only way I got up it was I just I cursed out every rock. I cussed out the state of Texas. I cussed out the fucking race. I cussed out Hoka. It was just I just fuck anybody I could think of. Anything that I could think of, I just said, fuck you the entire time. And at some point, I realized there was a woman behind me. There's always a woman know. behind you, Ian. I need you to just start like accepting that because I feel like this happens a lot. Listen, there's a lot more women in front of you usually. For me, I, I, I was alone. What, what happened? What you saying? <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear it later in the recording. But no, like, I was. Like, so I ran most of the time alone. And so I, I was just accustomed to be alone. So I was just talking to myself. And to me, I was just cussing this fucking mountain out the entire time that I was getting to the top, which mind you, I had already hallucinated halfway up this mountain. Cause I thought I saw Nez and Karen at the top of this mountain, right? Not them, but like these blacks, like these black silhouettes of them as if they was like in protective custody doing an interview on 60 Minutes or something like that, right? And so I get to the top of this mountain. Of course, I don't see them anywhere. So I was like, okay, well, I never caught them. All right. But it was like, like Karen said, it was, it was crazy going up and it was almost just as crazy as going down because even going down was as Damn near as steep as going up is what I felt like. Strava says it was steeper on the back end going down. Uh, it was like twenty eight percent grade going down, like twenty five percent on the front. Side. And honestly, at that point, that was I had been experiencing some, you know, like my legs was tired. I was doing some walk running and everything, but and my goal at that last four miles was to try to catch uh, uh, Nez, Karen, and Mark. Because Rose, when I got there, Rosalie was like, yo, you 30 minutes behind them. And she had told me all of the things that Karen had went through. So I was like, I'm going ca- I'm, I'm to catch up, right? Make sure she crosses finish line. That's what I was telling myself. Should have known that she was not actually going to walk anywhere. But I, in my mind, I was going to catch them, right? And so I was pushing through, pushing through. But listen, I mean, I, if, if her life was on the line, she would not be here today because that mountain took me out. After I got to the bottom of that mountain, I added 50 minutes my entire run on that last mile and a half to two miles because I could not run anymore. I had to walk. I was doing like 25 minute splits. Look, you all finished the, you got past the finish line. And I think that that's all that matters, especially with the fact that like you can say that you were only, I mean, you were only an hour behind and you also didn't train. It could have been a lot worse. It was cool. It was it was so cool. Like that like 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 they were saying that first 10 miles was so fun. It's like these race directors, they was they just like 
they like evil puppeteers behind the scenes. Cause like that first 10 miles, it's like so fun. It's so nice. The sky was all open. You saw like all of these other hills off in the distance, all of these plant life. It was like the, the, the rocks was white. Like they should have been in, in like, Hostella got a groove back on the scenes and on the beach and stuff like that. It was just like beautiful Caribbean rocks in the state of Texas, right? And then you get, I got to mile 16 and it became, actually, let me take, let me take a step back. I, I mile like 13 or 14. I told Nez and Karen to please go ahead. Do not wait for me. And so, cause they'll run ahead, then they'll stop, and then I'll get to them and stuff like that. And they'll be sitting there smiling and talking. And I done got them like, look, just go run. Just go. Yeah. Go be free. Right. And if it's meant to be, you'll come back. You know That's what I'm fine. saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. So dramatic. They go. It was dramatic. He hugged and everything. Like, <laughs> it was really dramatic. I'll see so you on the other end. And then took a picture of us run. She literally said to me, she was like, and be careful, don't die. I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay. That's valid. Save yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so they go off, and then I start my six hour journey of solitude and whatnot on these trails and stuff. And it was cool. It was some treacherous moments and stuff like that. Um, at one point we was going uphill or people were coming downhill on the same path because it was like this weird turnaround. Um, there was another point where it was like, it was like, it was like a path along this wall. And then on the right side, it was like a 15, 20 foot drop into like a situation and stuff. And at this point, my legs are barely going forward. So it's like, of course, you know, I, you know, it's like somebody just doing this on the side of yeah. you. Like, so I had to just walk that. That was stressful. As hell. He was feeling stressed. Stressful as hell. And something I want to point out to anybody who's thinking about doing something like this. Sorry, that's my in my mind, I was looking forward to the, the flat surfaces. There was, there was like these flat fields. There was like these these moments where you could like just really, there was very little rocks. It was just beautiful terrain that you could just power through, right? And as a road front, I'm like, all right, this, this, this for me right here. You put, you got this, you meeting me somewhere in the middle. I can pick up my pace. I can run a little bit. Naz and Karen, they were floating through that. Me, I was not at all. And the last patch of flat, the last patch of flatness was like, I, I don't know, because I think this might have been somebody's farmland or something, but it was like everything that drives through there drives in the exact same spot. So there was like these tire tracks that you basically were running um, in and they just weren't wide enough for me. And so I could barely run because I kept falling over like I was about to like fall either to my left or the right because they just weren't wide enough for my my thick ass feet I don't know but like wide toe boxes right my wide ass toe box in the Kyogres and so it's like you get this flat thing so you feel like you're gonna take off but they was so the flat surfaces were more mentally tough for me 
than it was to go up and down any of those mountains. And this is odd to me because this is how you know that Ian kind of has the mind of a real like ultra runner. It's like at that final aid station, I was there for two hours because I didn't want to miss, you know, Naz, Karen and Ian getting through. So I got there early in case. I was at the aid station for two hours watching all these runners pass through, like defeated, drenched in sweat, overheating, changing out their socks, wanting to drop. When Ian came through at the two-hour mark of me standing there, he was the happiest runner I've seen in the triathlete. Like, nonchalant, like, having a good time. And I was like, maybe Ian was just me for this. Like, and, and who would have known? Like, if we hadn't gotten him to sign up for this, like, who would have known? And, you know, I feel like for Ian, this is just the beginning. He says he won't really seek out any ultras, but we'll see. I'll just keep asking him, Rosalie, because I think I'm one of those people that he may just do them with me because I've asked. <laughs> yeah. So he would do anything for you, Ian. If I ever run with Karen again, like, first of all, I apologize to Karen at minimum 50 times on this race. <laughs> and she, like, not to her, but just to me, to her for 50 times. Because, like, Karen, like, me and Karen's dynamic is the opposite of me, uh, Rosalie and Nez. Karen, stronger runner. She's faster, stronger, just all of that. Like, I, only time I'm not looking at her back is when she's talking to somebody and running slower intentionally. Like, that's it. And so I was like, I was like, so to make a long story short, I was just so stressed out about my weakness and not being able to fucking keep up with them because I could not see her cross the finish line. I was so stressed out. I apologized to her 50 times. Like, I am so sorry. I cannot be there. I'm so sorry. I cannot catch you. I'm so sorry. I was just stressed the fuck out. That's real. So if I ever do one of these races again with her, I'm going to train my ass off because there's no way in the world I'm ever going to miss her across the finish line ever again. I will fucking die. Like, wow. it's not going to happen. That's, re- that's real. That's real. That's that runner's love. <laughs> well, I was also apologizing to Ian. So I'm like, why did we leave? I'm like, he, I'm like, if I'm having this hard of a time, I'm like, and he's alone. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, we have to go back, Naz. Like, I think I, <laughs> Rosie did not tell you that I kept being like, how do you think Ian's doing? Do you think he's okay? Like, I kept bringing Ian up. He was like, I think he is fine. <laughs> yeah that's real like that's yeah man I'm not talking about us anymore keep going (laughs) it's cool though it's cool I I, I don't have I've spent most of my running time running alone you know for most of my races I am running by myself I've never had anybody to pace me and honestly I'm not really big on pacing and stuff like that like you're just stressing me out you want me run with you you want to run with me at your speed like no I don't, I don't really want to do that but um it, it i didn't have a problem with it. it it didn't bother me running by myself and stuff like that it was it was cool it was fun and it was enjoyable would have been nice to talk to somebody every so once in a while or to just tell them that this hurts yeah but it, it was cool you, I, got I was to, good you got to curse out that big ass hill yep you know you had your own time um, I'll next time. 
We need to have walkies. Why did we not have walkies? That's smart. Yeah. Next time. We need to lighten our load to go faster. Oh, yeah, that part. He doesn't catch us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rosalie, I Rosalie took my uh my uh my bag off when I got to the end. She was like, "You were running with this on." <laughs> Wait. So Rosalie, did you have water with you? What was your water like? Oh, um, I had like two small um bladders like on the front. You don't run with the big one in the back. No, because every that every five miles there's an aid station, so I would just refill. I refilled my water bottles like every two aid stations, so on average every ten miles. But um, one would be full of water, one would be full of noon or tailwind. But yeah, Ian had this whole thing on his back because I think he only had one front bladder, so he needed the back one. But I, when I took it off him, when there's, I was like, this is like a college textbook. Like this is unnecessary. But you know, listen, it was like I- backpack jack. I think that's what we mentioned. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was, I had two liters of water on my back. I had like several Morton's gels, you know, at the start of the race. I had been eating them periodically through it. It was, I had, I had the option. I had two water bottles with me. I only took one to the race because my other pocket needed space for my Morton gels. I had that right there, which I would periodically add some salt into there or because I had Morton's in my back my water as well because my, my biggest fear was the calories more so than the hydration it's like i was like i can drink water there's eight stations i'll be hydrated and so my thing was um and it, you know it probably has a lot to do with my insecurity about my size or whatnot but like i'm like fuck i, could, I just gotta move a lot of in around so it's like i need to figure out a way to keep some calories in me so I have some energy to get this big ass nigga up a hill, right? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm eating my Morton joints and then I got the the powder in the water in the back. So for the most part, my water bottle was just nothing but water in there. Because every so once in a while, I, I just didn't want to taste that Morton's in my mouth. I just needed some water, you feel me, by itself. Um, Karen's over here like, no. <laughs> I think he overuses nutrition. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I do the standard amount. But this is also somebody who could like run through a drive through in the middle of a marathon and, and, and get a Happy Meal and keep going. So, you know, she wants regular food. On her no, I don't. I, would, I just took Rosalie. Rosalie told me I need to eat this amount at each aid station. So I did. Yeah, listen, that that solid food shit was stressing me out. It was stressing me out. He didn't think there would be enough bathrooms to to accommodate him if he ate. You know what? It wasn't so much the bathroom. It's just that quarter of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich felt like a sack of potatoes on my stomach when I had to run out of the aid station. Hmm. It was so heavy. The best thing that I ate the entire time was at one aid station, they had peanut butter and jellies, but like wrapped up in small parts of a tortilla because that white bread was, that white bread was oppressive. Yeah, I didn't eat the bread either, but. What was you doing? You was licking the peanut butter off of it? No, I took the tortillas at the first one that had it, but I also had, I had a cliff bar 
that I chose instead of the peanut butter sandwich. And then I, cause the white bread also scared me. <laughs> and then I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I was like, whatever. And then, you know, I eat fruit snacks a lot. Sugar. Yeah. So, Yo, Courtney, you're right. What? The bacon and peanut butter? Coke. Oh, Cokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that shit is, it hits different when you're an ultra marathoner or when you're training whatever like now when i train for marathons i'm gonna be drinking coca-cola it's gonna be in the back it. in the car in a cooler it was it, it, it really did it, it saved my life at uh mile 16 at, at the at the halfway a station and the last a station it saved my life I don't. I haven't had any soda in probably over six years. Yeah. That Coke that Code Ramen gave me, I, I was like, yeah, I could drink Coke. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. I get it. I went yeah. to the movie last week and I almost ordered a Coke because I was like, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, that was the most pop I drank in like it, the last half decade. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so... The food thing, I know for me, I have to drink. I have to like, if I take a bite of a sandwich, I have to drink something to actually wash it down because I can't chew anything. Everything feels like a brick in my mouth and I just can't even, I can't swallow. So I just, for, it's more of, it's not so much eating as force feeding myself. Um, what were you, Karen and Rosalie, what were you eating? Or like, what did you pack your vest with? Mm. Go first? Um, yeah, so... I, in total, had six gels, half of which were caffeinated. And then, I i mean, I don't really calculate my time. I kind of just, like, estimate, like, you know that feeling when you start to get hungry? That first feeling of that bit. That's like, oh, got to have a gel immediately, no matter where I'm at. So, I had six total gels. I think I had three Cliff Bars. And then I had two full PB&J sandwiches. So, like, eight of those quarters. Um, I think I had a... One and a half bananas, maybe like six slices of pickles, six shots of pickle juice. I want to say 10 cups of Coke. Um, and before the race, I had a full PB&J and a banana as well. And then I had like a ton of Tailwind, which is like an energy drink and a ton of water. Oh, I had a couple of mashed potatoes and a cup of ramen. Ooh, ramen so sounds great. Mashed potatoes. Yeah. I would see... Like baby potatoes? It was just like mashed in a cup. Yeah. Big, oh, it, was the, it was instant? Okay. Well, yeah, I saw the box. I couldn't tell. <laughs> I saw the box. So, so the aid stations had this food for you guys. Yes. The only thing that's I so nice. gels and cliff bars. Mm-hmm. That's so good because I think through training, like, I know for me, I felt like I had to train to stuff my, like, my vest with the food that I would need. Um, did you get a list of what the food, like what food would be available? You just, okay. So they had like bacon, right. sausages, pancakes, ramen in a cup, mashed potatoes in a cup, uh, fruit snacks, Oreos, Pringles. Wow. Yeah. It was like, and it they was all so Naz would have a cookie at every A station, like a pack or two. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Heavenly. Yeah. yeah. They did a really good job. Wow. I don't know Karen if they're all banning me from eating quesadillas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you want it's to work in the bathroom. Like, why would you do that? So he's lactose intolerant, y'all. Okay. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I had, okay. So I was really concerned about nutrition because I heard that one of the things for showrunners is that your stomach can get really upset. And if that happens, either bonking or your stomach is upset. So I was really worried about that. And this is really the first time I've used nutrition ever. Like I don't, I've never used gels. I don't tolerate them. And I'm really kind of finicky about what's in things. So I found these gels that are untapped. They're called untapped and it's just maple syrup. So I usually make my own gel, which is apricot and maple syrup, but I was scared to bring it on the plane because I didn't know if I could because it's liquid, maybe. I don't know. So I didn't do it. But I, Rosalie told me about the hungry thing. Whenever you feel hungry, eat something right away. So I was like, okay. I had, uh, I did what she did. She told me to take out my bladder. So I did. And I had one bottle for water and one bottle of Tailwind. And then I felt, I filled those up at every aid station, just topped them off. So they're always full. And I tried to drink at least half of each before the next aid station. Mm. And then between each aid station, I took one of my untapped gels and then I ate one thing at an aid station. So I really loved the oranges and fruits next. And then um, when they had the peanut butter with the tortillas, I had that and I had a pancake at one, which was awesome. And then I also had broth, which I probably should have had the ramen because that probably the noodles probably would have been great. But I just took the broth and that's when I was feeling pretty bad, like my legs. Um, and it did. It like kind of boosted me up a little bit. It was good. Yeah. So was there thought into the sugar, carbs, protein, or was it just kind of like I'm eating as I'm feeling? That's what I did. I mean, I had, I knew I had the carbs in the tailwind, the carbohydrates, right? And electrolytes were in the tailwind. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that was okay. And I was drinking that often. And then, and then, yeah, I just ate whatever I felt like at the aid station that I could take down. Yeah. That bacon at one. That was amazing. I can only imagine. And the salt. I love like chewing on salt tablets. Mm. Like that's my jam. Orange flavored salt tablets. Oh my God. Like it's candy. Mm. It's not, it's not like it doesn't taste like your table salt. It tastes like a orange vitamin C, like, you know, little gummy or is it like a powder, harder, hard, like white tablet. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Rosalie, you just kind of did the same thing. You just ate as you felt. Yeah, I, my two focuses were salt and carbs. So I, I, if I had a banana, I didn't need a PB&J. If I had a PB&J, then I didn't need a banana. And then um, I always had pickle juice, which was kind of like my electrolytes. Um, and if they didn't have pickle juice, which was rare, I would have something salty like candles or um, like a ramen or mashed potatoes. I don't know much about like the protein during the race but after the race I had 90 grams of protein like via chocolate milk and then the next day I had an additional 30 grams of protein through the chocolate milk wow I've heard so many different things about eating like I don't even I mean I think everyone does what is right for them. I've heard of people doing ultras on the paleo diet diet. So they're like just eating fats and what do they eat in paleo? Uh, paleo? It's like fat and protein, right? Yeah. Fats yeah. and protein. So, and they train on that. So, um, 
I don't know about that, but, um, but like for some people that works and then if you're vegan, obviously like you have to pay attention to a lot of the things that is, that are available, obviously. Um, I felt that like sugar with running has been the thing that like, if I, cause I was eating, trying to eat 45 minutes before I would actually get hungry versus eating when I feel hungry. Um, and then if I was had like a moment of like just dread, I just eat something with sugar with, and then that would kind of pet me up a little bit like sugar and caffeine, like Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that's interesting. Cause I like, I think I've seen also, um, you guys have seen the trainer, um, first run. Who's that guy's, do you guys know his name? He, no. no, um, black guy out of like Seattle, but he like, right. He posts about running and his captions are always like super in depth, but he wrote something recently about the importance of just running on feel. So it kind of appeals to what Ian's talking about as far as like, I run a race and it's most fun when I'm doing on feel because it's the first time doing that specific distance. And it's almost like beginner's luck and you're listening to your body a little bit more or rather allowing your body to do what it does naturally. And so with food, I think, you know, there's arguments to go both ways, but, um, I, I just want to say too, that like, there's no, there's not one way to do it. I think a lot of people who are new to running feel like they need to like follow the rules of something, but every coach trains differently and not everybody is the same. And even with eating and running, like everyone has their own formula. Yes, this is true. Everyone has their own formula. What? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's. I'll let it be. I'll let you do you. <laughs> but it's so funny. Karen just like does homemade gels and then Ian just drinks more. And like, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, the homemade gels really had my mind perked because I was like, wait, okay. So apricot no, sir, and, and, and oh, maple good. syrup. Like, okay. So, no, okay. So I'm getting Thank like you. you, you, okay. But wait, hold on, hold on. Right. So you like, I'm assuming you, you like, blend it all so it's salt like solid do you then like dry it or you just kind of it just creates an it a whole gel itself when you do that it's like a gel texture and i put it i have like a reusable gel flask that's like soft you know and i just put it in there it's really good you should um i'll give you the recipe you said you put it in a gel what i have this like reusable um like Gel like yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like the things that you, you know we put our water in that is like squeezable, but it's tight. Oh, like yeah. gel. So it's about two servings of like a normal gel in there that I can fit. So I'll do half and then take the other half another time. But that's wow. why I used daily training at Palos because I knew I needed nutrition and I had to like figure out my life. And then Ian had brought me some untapped stuff from when he went to Austin. And I tried it and I liked it and I didn't upset my stomach. So I bought a box of that too. Yeah. That's okay. Dope. Because making stuff is sometimes a lot, especially when you're like not home. <laughs> For real. Yeah. When I brought it, uh, I, I got found untapped, right? At TIE and I was like, I heard about it. I was like, oh, she can't say no to this. It's like, it's like two things. You know what I'm saying? It's like three things, maple syrup, lemon and in a plastic container. Like that's all it is. Right. Like she can't say no to this, right? Because I've been trying to get up on something. 
And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the hotel room. I like got the thing up on FaceTime. Like, yeah, look, check this out, baby. I found this. Da, 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 da. And I'm just talking. I'm trying to sell this thing to her. Right. And I noticed like she got this really, you know, intense look on her face and stuff like that. And when we on face, I'm like, are you looking up how to make this on your own right now? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> I love it. Like, but it, it 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 works for her, and it, it's, it's 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 it is pretty cool. It 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 actually does not taste bad. But so then, it yeah. sounds really great. She does like apricots and shit. Who doesn't like? I mean, there's people that don't like apricots, but who doesn't like apricots and, and maple it's syrup? Sweet. It's just sweet. It's just like a. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can eat a Morton or if you can eat some other goo, <laughs> this is delicious. You can eat this. Yeah, in my opinion. The only, the only the only thing that I have a problem with it, like it, it's cool if, if you're somebody who's listening to this and you have and you 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 really have a, a, a really particular about what you put in your body. If you're making it at home, yes. If you you know doing the process, uh, the the uh, the fruits or whatever, you know exactly what you put in there. It's cool. The 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 pro and the con is is that you don't. A lot of goo more and a lot of these brands have a for a particular formula and they know exactly how many carbohydrates you're gonna get, exactly how many um uh electrolytes you're gonna get within each serving. And so it's 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 a little bit more controllable than um uh, if you're making it yourself, because not every berry, not every serving is going to be exactly equal amounts of carbohydrates, equal amounts of nutrition. So I don't think there is a a right way to do it. It's just consider that when you're making your decision to do it, you know? So what did you what did you have for breakfast, Ian? Like what like how did you uh, all go into the race? Cause I forcibly had a slice of bread with peanut butter on it. Because I normally don't eat before any run. And I was shamed into having a slice of bread with peanut butter on. I approve of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I understand there's people that just cannot fathom running, eating, and then running. But I'm like, yo, don't show up to a race. Do not show up to a marathon plus with nothing in your stomach. I learned that I from half marathon. Even half marathon, oh. I learned that. Okay, like, yeah, because I was someone who did not eat. Like I loved running fasted, and but during half marathon training, coach was like, "You need to eat." Yeah. And so I trained myself to eat peanut. It's usually toast and peanut butter because it's easy for me to adjust, and a banana. And that's what I had before race station. And you do it an hour. You like you wake up early and you do it mm-hmm. an hour ahead of time. All right, Rosie, what did you eat? Yeah, I had a banana, even Jerry, and. Like half a cup of coffee. Yeah. I can't I can't even go for like a two mile run without eating because I get lightheaded and I just don't have any energy. Yeah, I'm definitely an eater. You My know what body. really sold me on it though? Sorry, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was reading this other woman talking about women and their hormones, and they mm-hmm. she was saying the reason why women like wake up in the middle of the night at like three is because usually we're hungry. Like our levels are low, our hormones are off because we have a lot of things going on all the time. And so, you know, like have some milk and honey and you'll probably go right back to sleep. And so she was like, 
there's no reason why we wake up and shouldn't eat because we need to eat more consistently than men because of our hormones are different than men. Like they're pretty straight line and we are oftentimes not. Um, so she did all this research and this is like a really butchered job of what she says, but she convinced me that like, Oh, I need to be eating because what I'm doing is I'm making a really unhealthy situation, like in the long run for my body. So mm. I was like, okay, I can try to eat in the morning. Like it really wasn't because mm. I felt like I needed it for the run. Like, yeah. be like, nah, I'm cool. I'd probably lie and say, eight. but when I was reading her stuff, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it also like not eating just exacerbates any emotion or any like feeling throughout the day where like, I guess, uh, Matthew, he can wake up, have a smoothie, a protein smoothie and tea and he's good to go. But I guess to your point, like maybe it is because I'm a woman, but I'm like, I need to, I need, I need physical food. I need to be chewing on something. I need to sit down. I need to have oatmeal. I need to have a moment. I can't just like jump into my day. Everything needs like, it's a process. And yeah, I'm like, why not? I feel like as an athlete too, food, your relationship with food changes. Like it's, it's so much more important than just like, Oh, I don't feel like eating. It's like, no, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah, you have to eat. <laughs> like yeah. you want to be, you want to be an athlete, but you don't want to eat. Like that doesn't, those two things don't go together. So. It's hard because yeah, it's very socialized. Yeah. If you told otherwise, but. Yeah, ultra running, I think, just teaches you that. And Ian, I think you mentioned this, like, you saw so many different body types out there doing the 100K, doing the 50K, and very much doing it very well. And I think it just shows you that, like, ultra running kind of shows you that, you know, people of all different sizes can do it. And so there shouldn't be such a stigma against eating the right amount um, Mm -hmm. if you're an athlete. Yeah, but it, like... I'll say it again for me, my eating is a lot of times forced when I'm training. Mm-hmm. I'm Same. very much forcing myself to eat because I know I have to. Yeah, being proactive about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, okay. What, I mean, I feel like we're winding down. I, you, it seems like all of you will be running another ultra in the sometime future. <laughs> I know Rosalie I think yours is is like coming up well that actually leads me into exactly what I wanted to end this conversation with <laughs> Ian knows what I'm talking about I want to know what is the 2020 race schedule looking like for your, we'll start with Rosalie <laughs> um I've signed up for Shamrock Shuffle because a bunch of seven on some seven on Sunday women are doing it and I want to run with them um, and obviously anyone is welcome to join us. We're not like exclusive or anything, but we want to train, do some speed workout, speed workouts leading up to that. Um, so I hope that's fun. And then, um, in Boston in April is exciting because it took me like five tries to qualify for it. Um, Woo. and then May I'm doing the ice age 50 miler, which was my first 50 miler three years ago. Um, but at that time, you know, I didn't have a running community. I actually drove up to that race alone, ran it alone, crossed the finish line, was alone. And this time I'm going with a bunch of November Project women. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And then 
no other races planned for the rest of the year. Um, this fall is going to be my first year teaching full time. So I want to focus on that, but hopefully do like a, maybe like a DIY ultra um, sometime. We'll see. Are you, are you the type that would do an ultra on your birthday? Is your, is your birthday in the fall? I'm just guessing. Oh, my birthday is actually in a couple of weeks. And oh, okay. Unfortunately, I start training for Boston on my birthday. Wow. <laughs> Which I'm like dreading thinking about right now. Happy but. birthday to you though, because what, you've tried to get into Boston, you said five times? Like I've been running for several years. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the number of marathons I've run to try to talk, but it's been some, like three years of trying, yeah. I mean, that's a birthday present. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> you get to start training like that's lit. Okay, that's true. Just that's right lit. now, training is the last thing I'm thinking about. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> are you okay now? Like since I mean, since you've done this before, are you like Ian? As far as like your body kind of knows the pain, so it's not as bad. It knows the pain, but it's still really bad. Like yesterday, coming down from the training station, I was like gripping the handrails with both hands going sideways one step at a time yeah. <laughs> my butt out you know my mortgage on my back <laughs> <laughs> but also the stairs in her apartment could qualify as part of the course at Bandera some Chicago apartments yes uh, um, okay Karen what's your schedule looking like this year um well I don't really know. So I'm doing Shamrock Shuffle um, for sure. And then I know I want to run a half. I was going to do the Hoka half again um, to get um, faster time. Um, so I'll train for that all summer. But I, maybe there's another marathon or ultra on a trail in there that might mess it up. So maybe do that and then push back the half until fall. Um yeah, that's I, all just an invitation to anyone. I mean, we're trying to get more black runners out on the trail, so this is not like an us thing. Like everyone is welcome to ask us about well ultras or trail marathons, and we need to get like all of us out there. We need to take over the sport. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah, my has got some really serious distance runners, man. So pull up, you know. Pull up. Uh, uh, Rosalie has given us our new uh, our next unofficial seven on Sundays run uh, meet up at the trails at Palos Heights on Saturdays Um, see if we can try to keep that going somehow because that's been an amazing experience and stuff like that it seems like Friday mornings Saturday mornings and things like that so but a lot of our runners have amazing races coming up this year or have expressed interest in traveling and going to different places and racing these different distances. And uh, it, it all ranges from halves to ultras, you know? Yeah. What are you about to run this year, Ian? Um, well, I got Shamrock Shuffle, but you right. know, I got to take Aaron's ass <laughs> and Rock Shuffle and stuff like that. So I, I actually got to start like fucking training like two weeks ago because he been training for like two years to beat me so we're gonna see we're gonna see if we're gonna we're gonna see he been training he's been legitimately training for like two years so yeah gonna i'm gonna be training for the next like two and a half months pretty much i'm gonna let my body recover from this 50 can't do that but also like i'm i'm putting in my bed for new york i think the lottery opens up soon for new york i like that 
Um, New York also has a half, which I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I'm like, that would be fun. You should. That would be fun. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to answer this question because I don't know. I want to get better and then think about races. Um, I need to like, yeah. Um, so that's that's. I think my I want to run more than one marathon, though. One more marathon? I think I want to run more than one marathon this year. I think I want to try and double up. And ideally, you're thinking New York and... I don't know. Okay. The trail, the trail marathon. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> when, is, when is the trail marathon? July, right? There's one in July in Duluth. Where? Oh, Duluth? Yeah. That's where yeah. I was born. Mm, I oh, think it's on, You have to do it. It's beautiful, too. It's not grandma's? <laughs> no, it's a trail marathon. It's called Eugene oh. Kernow. Okay. Actually, um, I should do that. Yeah. In July? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Registration... Registration is only $45 and it opens in March. I love these types of races where it's not a whole thing to get into them. Oh, I don't, it might be a thing to get into it because it's only $45. I mean, like, no, it's like not a lottery. Oh, yes. yes. You know, like if you want to do it and can pay for a bib, you don't have to have talk to nobody. You should just get like all gumbo, all seven on Sunday just take over the loop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Okay, 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 okay. I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for coming out. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I say come out, I mean like sit down in front of your computers and <laughs> have this conversation. I'm wearing my race shirt right now. I saw, I saw the top of it. I said, does that say Bandera? That's a nice shirt. Yeah, I've been wearing this for like three days. That's a nice design. Show the back with the good logo. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you got to turn around. <laughs> the other side, there you go. Oh, that is very cool. That's yeah, like I'm, a rattlesnake, right? That shit, actually. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay, I'm officially interested in this race. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying I'm interested. We'll suggest it to other people. And it's way less rocky than Bandera. It's a lot more beautiful. I mean... Which one? Oh, you're talking about Duluth? Yeah. Uh, I was talking about Bandera, too. Oh, okay. I want to do everything. Well, both. Yeah. Yeah. I want to run. Oh, well, you know, no big deal. You could just... Yeah, I guess you could just carry over the training. Yeah. Um, Great. Do you have any last thoughts? Like, do you want to leave... Our listeners with any like ta- big takeaways before we head out? Because I, I okay. And it's from Rosalie, obviously. She, <laughs> she said, and I'm gonna mess it up early, so just fix it. But she said, if you feel like your tank, if you feel like you're empty or you feel like you're done, mentally you're really only your mind tells you when you're like 40% done so you have really like 60 percent left in you so just keep going right is that what you said yeah i was actually quoting someone else who's quoting someone else so a friend from the november project she was like if you're if you think you're fucked you're really only 45 percent yeah it's true because your body is telling you to quit before it's on e and actually dies yeah and the other thing that got me through was nas being like you can walk right 
I'm like, yeah, I can walk. He's like, well, then we're walking. I mean, that's like what he said the whole time. And so that's whatever. And so we did. And then we ended up running again. So those two things. So I guess what I'm saying is friends matter. (laughs) And they're really important when you're trail running. True. And I love the crew that I went with. So thank you guys. It was the best time of my life. Well, yeah, I already missed it. Let's do it again. For sure. Cute. Rosalie, any last words? I mean, I never thought I'd be a runner. I never thought I'd run more than a 5K. And, you know, several years later, here we are. And I feel like, I don't know, Ian or Karen, if you can attest to this, but I feel like every time we accomplish something new, it, like, reverberates to other aspects of our life where you realize you can do things you never thought you could do. And so, like, to me, like, running is not the end-all be-all. It's, like, a, a way to train me for, like, my life and the decisions I have coming up. And so I feel like that's such a huge reward from ultra running and, you know, winning or setting PRs is never the point of running. It's always about friendships. Like you said, Karen, and also just like make us better people. And I'm just so grateful that like we are able to do this together. Agreed. Love that. Beautiful. Can we do one too? I don't know. You can do one, you, can, you know, do one and then wrap it up. Um, uh, I, to speak to this weekend, this past weekend and what I saw and what it reminded me from not doing uh, a marathon this year. I want to say this weekend, like there was, I saw so much like strength and resilience. Like it was so palatable. Like you can literally put it in a cup. And the cup was running over this weekend. Like it was such an inspiration to watch Nez, Karen, and Rosalie run and not just run, but just perform so outstandingly. It was amazing. Like it was like, like, um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure I got this off Pinterest. So it might be Winston Churchill. It might not be Winston Churchill, but. It was like it was like a quote that was like uh, now and it sums up the weekend. It's like now is not the time for comfort and ease. It is a time to dare and endure is a time to dare and endure. And that's what this weekend was like. Fuck the dumb shit. We you ain't no water, whatever. We got, we got gallons from, from the grocery store. We finna get out here and kill this trail. And that's what everybody did. And it was beautiful to watch. I love that. And also Nez and Rosalie drove that Mazda, Mazda, like a fucking commercial. <laughs> it was doing like 70 miles an hour around turns in the pitch black. Yes, but uh, beautiful weekend, beautiful podcast. Uh, this was an amazing way to wrap up an amazing trip. Love having you both on, and we want y'all on again. Rosalie definitely want to hear more about Coach Rosalie, her alter ego, um, going forward, and then uh, because she's uh, 
RAC, whatever, certified trainer, run instructor now. And so all of us from Southern on Sundays are basically utilizing her to get better. Amazing. Woo. All right. So that wraps up another episode of the Runners Club podcast. Thank you, Rosalie. And thank you, Karen, for jumping on with us. Really hope you come back because we know it was a struggle to get you here <laughs> and we just really appreciate it. Um, but with that, we're going to let you go. And I guess we'll talk to y'all as in y'all as in the audience later next Yay. week. See y'all later. Bye. 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 Bye.